Hey everyone, this is a Faithfully Radical podcast where we're going to teach and equip families on the authority of God's Word. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of a Faithfully Radical podcast. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Timothy Carey. I'm the founder and CEO of Faithfully Radical Ministries, an outreach and teaching ministry right here in Northwest Indiana. However you stumbled upon us, we're glad you found us. Uh, If you're on Facebook or Instagram finding our stuff, uh, you can go ahead and always leave comments and suggestions or uh, questions, anything you want in those. Um, If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit subscribe on uh, whichever app you're using. We are on most most major apps at this point, uh, so sorry, but once again, you're stuck just with me. Uh, my wife Jess was going to sit down with us again today, but she caught the flu, so that's terrible. Uh, if you guys could be in prayer for her about that, uh, she's been feeling pretty under the weather and still has to has to go in and work a 24-hour shift, so that that uh, is going to be rough for her, um, but... Yeah, we have a topic we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to talk about faith and works, uh, what that means, what it looks like. There's so many different opinions on it, thoughts on it. Um, So yeah, I kind of wanted to break a little bit of that down for you um, to kind of give us a good overview of what this kind of looks like and and start on the right path, on a biblical path of of what this issue really means. Um, There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of history, uh, especially within you know Catholicism, uh, prosperity gospel, things like that. That that really tries to combine faith and works. That they they go as one. Your your faith is is uh, only as good as your works. You know you have to do something to get God to do something for you. You you know um, it's because you're not living your life well enough, or or you're not saying this prayer. That's the reason. That's the reason God's not working for what you want to do, um, or you're not doing enough volunteer work, or you're not serving enough at your church, or you're not tithing enough. So that's why you know that's why you didn't get that promotion. That's why um, you know God hasn't given you what you've been asking for. Uh, so there, I mean, there's a lot of history there, um, uh, history within the Catholic Church. You know, at prosperity gospel. There's just a lot of content there. You know, it seems like. Um, prosperity gospel uh preachers always end up on television and in specials and such like that and and are able to rope more people in that way um and so i, w- I want to kind of distinguish what we're looking at here um what is faith plus works do you need faith plus works where does works fit in with faith and vice versa um so let's take a look at that um i grew up knowing uh a little bit about the faith plus works stuff um, I have some family members who are deeply into the prosperity gospel. Um, there was a great film about that that came out recently called American Gospel, Christ Alone. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, highly recommend it. Grab a copy. Um, it's on digital also. It, it's a great film that kind of outlines that. And I don't really want to get too much into that. Um, there is some good some good stuff um, to be said about that, especially from that movie standpoint. So where I want to more focus is, is why is why we need to believe what we believe, why we need to believe that um, we don't need faith plus works. We have Christ in Christ alone. Um, we we are saved by the blood of Christ. So let's take a look at, at what we're looking at here. Um, a lot of people talk about 
needing works um, to be saved by God, to be uh, converted into a Christian by God. That that once you say these specific, once you do these specific things, say these specific prayers, what, whatever it is, I mean, and it can it changes from sect to sect and prosperity gospel preacher to prosperity gospel preacher and things like that. But um, I wanted to I want to open up with looking at a quote by John Piper where he's discussing the difference between justification and salvation, which is a good distinction that that we need to make. And and he says it really well here. Justification is a point, like in geometry, a point where the Holy Spirit opens our blind eyes to see Christ for who he is and unites us to Christ by faith alone. In that instant, at that point, we pass from being under condemnation into God's into God's being 100% for us. No virtue and no works in us brought about this new standing with God. Um, God, God elects us. He chooses us to, to, to be saved, to work for him. And this idea that there's something you need to do on your end, uh, just isn't true. It, it, it takes away from the sovereignty of our Lord, of him being able to work in us and through us as his hands and feet to do his will and glorify him. It puts part of the responsibility, part of the power on man, which, which just is, isn't the case. You know, We know that our God is sovereign, that he's infinite, that he's eternal and timeless. And so putting any sort of these more godly attributes on man... Um, it takes away from other aspects of theology, of other aspects of, of the divine trinity, of, of the personhood of Christ. And so we need to be very careful thinking that, that there's something we need to do, that there's some action, some prayer, some something that we need to do that would, let, that would make God choose us, that would make God save us, um, because that's just not the case. Um, John Piper also talks about our works being the necessary fruit of justifying faith, which confirm our faith and our union with Christ at the last judgment. So we, we talk about justification as the instantaneous point where we are counted righteous by believing and living for Christ, bought by his blood on the cross. But when we talk about salvation and what our life looks like after conversion, after, after this point of justification, that's when the idea of works comes in. Um, but we can't think that it has anything to do with us being justified by God. Uh, we see in Romans 8.30, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. All of this is, is God's work in us. It's Christ's work in us. Works has nothing to do with you being saved by God, with God choosing you to be one of his elect who will do his good work here on earth. But that's the distinction that we need to make because um, while we, while it's our faith, while it's our belief in Christ that actually saves us, there is, it's called conversion for a reason. There need, there needs to be a change in your life. And that's where this idea of works starts to come in. Um, It's not that you are saved for your works. It's that there's an internal heart change, this, um, a softening of your heart, a pulling away from your fleshly desires, a switching your mind from being on worldly things to renewing your mind in God's word. And that conversion, that switch in you needs, it, it, it needs to be real. Um, and it will manifest itself 
in these works of of God, of God's love, of God's work here on earth. It has nothing to do with you being saved. It has everything to do with what your life looks like after Christ says, you are one of mine, you are my child, you are redeemed because I died on the cross for you because I came as the perfect example, as the perfect human, as the perfect man. And I died a death for you on the cross. It has nothing to do with your works. It has everything to do with my work. That's what Christ is trying to say to us here. And we really need to remember that. Um, There's a great R.C. Sproul quote talking about this. The relationship of faith and good works is one that may be distinguished, but never separated. If good works do not follow from our profession of faith, it is a clear indication that we do not possess justifying faith. And that's a little bit heavy, you know, because it does give this implication that there are people um, indicating that they ha- that they possess a justifying faith. But throughout their life, because there's no change in their life, because they're still living for the world in the world, um, that there may n- that there is not a justifying faith in them. That it, they have not been internally changed because that change is not evident throughout their entire life. Um, Martin Luther put a save, put saving faith this way. He said, It is a living creature, active and powerful thing, this faith. Faith cannot help doing good works constantly. It doesn't stop to ask if good works ought to be done, but before anyone asks, it already has done them and continues to do them without ceasing. Anyone who does not do good works in this manner is an unbeliever. Thus, it is just as impossible to separate faith and works as it is to separate heat and light from fire. So we see this idea again, that it's not your justification. It's not your belief in Christ um, that works affects. Christ, God will choose you, choose you to, to be one of the redeemed through Christ's blood on the cross. But with that faith, with that belief, with that newfound personhood in your one true father, works must come. You must be working for the good of your people, for the good of Christianity, for the good of God, for his glory, and be willing and able to be his hands and feet here on earth. Uh, We talked a couple weeks back in a podcast called Servant Leadership, and that's these go hand in hand. There's a reason that we are called to be servant leaders. There's a reason that we look at Christ as a servant leader, because when Christ has changed you, when Christ has worked in your heart, when Jesus has saved you from the pits of hell, that manifests itself. And that manifests itself in doing good work for people, in being this servant. When, well, yes, we put leader on that because we want to lead the way. For Christianity, we want to be good at what we do. We want to be forerunners in what we do. And we want to be able to teach other people about Christ and our leadership roles. We get to that point by being servants first. You know, the least of you will be first. The first shall be last. We see that... Um, It's through these works of humbling yourself, of doing good for your fellow man, of guiding people to Christ, of sacrificing, of sacrificing your wealth, your, your, your job, your, sometimes your health, your happiness. All of that needs to go towards these works of helping others. We need to keep that at the forefront, not our own personal security and comforts. Um, It's that this faith is lived out in this world 
by doing these good works for people who need it. Um, and that, and so we see here in Galatians 5, 6, um, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only things that count, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Um, you know, referencing back to it's, it's not just, uh, being this incredibly pious person, this person who follows the laws, who keeps, who keeps the commandments perfectly. We need to accept that we are sinners in, in, in this world, that we are inherently fallen beings who only have any sort of redemption through Christ. Um, he's the only reason that we have any sort of salvation here or anything good going on for us is because of Christ. But when you have that faith, it expresses itself through love. And Paul's, ta- Paul's writing this letter to the Galatians talking about this saying, listen, we don't need to say, well, you need to follow the law and that's how you become a perfect Christian. I mean, we know how that ended up. We, that's, that's how we ended up with the Pharisees who were the ones who put Christ on the, who, who were the ones who stood against Christ and um, petitioned for him to be put on the cross in the first place. To just be this legalistic, pious person is not what's going to save you. It's going to be humbling yourself. It's going to be it's going to be feeding the the hungry. It's going to be taking care of the orphan. It's going to be taking care of the widow, of the fatherless. It's all these things that expresses itself through love. And that's what Paul's saying, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Um, works are the necessary fruit of a justifying faith. When we are justified, we are called to unite again with our Father through belief in Christ. It should create and cause a change within. I mean, and this is what we're talking about. Our old ways really must die. We spend so much of our lives, um, well, you know, depending on your conversion. You know, some people are raised in a church home and um, come to know Christ early, or, or, or not raised in a church home, but still have those people speaking into their lives, and, and, and Christ reaches them at an early age. Um, but, you know, I think about, I think about my journey, um, from, from being semi churched from kind of jumping around from churches, going some Sundays, um, to a full atheist and then, and then being actually saved by Jesus Christ and, and knowing his redemptive work on the cross. I remember, and, and and we still fall into these traps. I mean, it's culture. We fall into these these traps of our old ways, of this fleshly nature, of this cultural nature, of being for the world instead of for Christ. You know, we want the we want the next best best job with the most money. And is that is that for comfort? Is that for my own security? Because that's not what Christ called it to, called us to. Is it to do more good? Is it to give more away? which should be the reason we accumulate any sort of wealth is to be able to give to those in need and provide for those without. And so we have these old ways where, where we think, well, we need more money because we need to be richer. Well, we have this car, but wouldn't it be nice to have a nicer car or a bigger house or, or keep it up? You know, it's, it's that whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I have to have the better things. I have to have the more power. I need to be, get into, uh, you know, the C-suite lounge so that I have the most power and it looks a little bit better and I can have a little bit more pride and earn a little bit more respect from my neighbors, from my coworkers. Um, it's that feeling of self, that old way, that old selfish nature within that, that keeps po- pointing back to you. You know, 
where all these aspects of your life are just little arrows pointing back to yourself. Well, I did really good over here, or I did the best at this job or at this work, so I need to get the promotion because I need better pay, because I need nicer things, because I need the attention to be on me, and I need this and I need that, and we, 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 me, me, me. Um, and and that's, that's what we're talking about in this fundamental change here. When you're doing good works, expressing itself through love, guess what dies? The sense of me. If you're doing work, if you're doing work now for those around you, you're saying, I need to go help this person. I need to give money here. I need to provide a a real need here so that I can point that person back to Christ. Uh, Christ told me that I need to be with the widow, that I need to clothe, clothe the, the homeless, that I need to feed the hungry, that I need to care for the orphan. So in my love for my people, my brothers and sisters under Christ, under our one true father in heaven, I'm going to go help them. I'm going to use my resources and my know-how, and I'm going to go take care of the things that need to be taken care of, because that's what my Lord called me to do. That's what my Savior called me to do. And that's that's what we're talking about here with these works. It's not it's not putting it, well, I put in an hour of volunteer time this week, so I, th- I think I'm good. I think I did enough work for God this week, or I gave my 10% at church. Um, that's fine, right? Like, I- I'm pretty much set for the week. I can spend the other... The other six days of this week, uh, again, living for self, trying to reach for my own promotion, trying to reach for the biggest house, for the best car, trying to trying to buy myself the nice clothes, the newest computer, the newest iPhone, the newest Samsung, whatever it is. That's what I'm going to put my resources to because I already gave my 10%. You know, I did my hour this week. You know, that that's that's the opposite mindset that we should have. It shouldn't be I spend this minuscule amount of time doing work, doing good things for the Lord. Uh, you know, I put in my couple hours this week at church. Um, it, it should be the exact reverse of that. We need to spend our lives in a Christ-centered way. And what did Christ do when he was here on earth? Healed the sick, take, took care of the poor, um, you know, welcomed the prostitute, sat with sinners, sat with tax collectors, some of the worst thought of people of their day. Um, he was not out there to gain status, to gain popularity to to earn the respect of the leaders of the time to make his his name known his face known uh um with the sinners of that time you know while he was preaching and getting thousands of people to him he called 12 to him he called 12 disciples to him you know he didn't send out a mass whatever get everyone you can and look at how great i am look at look at how glorious i am he's saying uh, I am a humble servant. I am your savior sent here to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for you. And while I'm here, this is how I'm going to show you that I'm going to wash the feet of others. I'm going to serve others and heal others. Uh, and that's how we are going to glorify our God. That's how I will be glorified is by you living out your faith in the same way as I do through love, through good works. And so that's living that out, having your faith shown through works. At the end of the day, what is your legacy going to be? Are you going to help those in need and do uh, and live for the kingdom of God? Or are you going to live for the kingdom of earth? Are you not going to express yourself in love through good works? Are you going to do me works? Are you going to do works that will buy you that new car? That will get you that brand new, bigger house with triple the space you need. 
um, buy you the nicest clothes so that you can look the best to impress others. Is that really pointing people to Jesus? Is that really completing or, or acting on these good works? Are, is that being the hands and feet of God? Did God send us here and tell us that we need to live for him, that we need to do these things for him and live uh, closer to him to emulate Christ on earth and and have the nicest car, be super secure, uh, hunker down and live this comfortable life? Or were we called to get out there and do something with our faith? Were we called to get out there and express our love to those who need it the most? And it's not even always to those who need it the most. Sometimes it's sitting there saying, getting a text from a buddy who needs you, who needs to hear God's word, who needs you to pray for him. And it's saying, you know what, I'm going to turn off Netflix right now and I'm going to pay attention to this. And it's those instances that build up where we live our life this way, focusing on others, putting ourselves below others. So when we get when we get messages like that, when we see the homeless guy or homeless gal on the street, when we hear about the orphans who need care, who might need a home, who might need a foster parent, who might need a casa, who might need someone looking out for them, when we hear about the neighbor struggling to make ends meet or who needs to hear the power of, of Jesus Christ. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to put down what's on my plate right now. And I'm going to go do that because that's what Christ has called me to do because that's what I've been told to do by my savior who redeemed me. And I'm going to help them because of what he did for me because of his love for me. It's overflowing in me and it's going to pour out into the into those into that good work that I can do to make this world a more kingdom centered place that's what that's what that's all about it's not that you need to do this good work so that so that God saves you so that oh I did it I said my prayer um I'm good with you now right God like I can go back to living my life I can go back to doing my thing um I asked for that healing you're going to deliver it now right because because I had faith in that no, it's that God calls you. God justifies you. He calls on to you. And you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And now your good works need to show that. Now the rest of your life needs to be lived as if Jesus Christ was tortured, killed, died, buried, and resurrected. As if all that were true. And that, that's unfathom, unfathomable. Sometimes I think we hear it so much, it becomes routine. It becomes uh, just a, another thing you got. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I died on the cross. I wear the cross around my neck and I have some hanging in my home. Like, I, I get it. I get it. But the truth is we need to realize how that actually is. We need to We need to feel the weight of that because it's once we understand what God did, how he sent his son to actually suffer, horrifyingly suffer for us, because of how much he loves us, that's going to change how much we love other people. When we know our own depravity, when we know our own our own uh, depth of sin, the other people aren't, aren't going to start, it's not going to seem like such a big divide between you. That maybe those people do need help. Maybe this, these are the good works that God's been telling you to do. Sharing the gospel with your neighbor. Helping out your widowed neighbor. Helping out your orphan neighbor. And meeting these very real needs in our own community in Christ-centered, gospel-focused ways. And I want to finally take a look at um, probably one of the greatest, well, you know, one of one of the most thorough passages on this. Um, one that people obviously go back to because 
It, it says it all right here in James. It's James 2, 14 through 22. I'm sure many of you know this. Um, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save, it, save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. That's amazing. I mean, we see there, I I, I always love that point. Even the demons believe that. I think we get so caught up thinking we can say we believe in Jesus or, or we get behind so many people because they're claiming to believe in Jesus. And then he, he shoots it out right here. Even the demons believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean you want to be like them. Just sitting there saying you believe in Christ with nothing to show for it. Only deception, earthly focus, selfishness. Works is not what causes the Lord to call on us. That's by faith alone. But after the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, it should and will cause a fundamental and foundational change within us that causes us to live for the will of our Lord. It's not enough just to say, Christ Jesus, I believe in Christ Jesus. Once Christ has entered you, which is by no choice of your own, that's when your good works will start flowing out. That's when the Holy Spirit will fill you up and overflow into this world around you. And you'll start seeing real change within yourself. Yeah, guys, that's been weighing on my heart a little bit recently. Um, I hope that I hope that it's helpful for you. I'm again, like like I said on the last episode, this is obviously a brief kind of overview of the whole topic of works and faith. Um, and I, I encourage you to please look more. I am hoping some of these talks and these conversations are spurring you to learn a little bit more about your faith and why you believe what you believe. Um, there's some great books out there on this kind of stuff. Um, like I said, there's a newer film out called American Gospel Christ Alone. If you haven't seen it yet, go ahead and watch that. It's it's truly amazing. Um, yeah, guys. Um, like I said, please keep Jess in your prayers. She's She has had a good fever, and she's having to work a 24-hour shift right now. Um, and let us know if there's any ways we can be praying for you guys. Um, you can always reach out to us. We have a, we have a contact us section on our website or you can reach out through facebook or instagram we have all of our contact information there um last time i'll plug this because it's happening on sunday uh genesis movie event if you live in northwest indiana come to it it's going to be awesome it's at washington evangelical free church in valparaiso indiana at 6 p.m this coming sunday april 7th um equip yourself in 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 the bible and this is going to cover um the book of Genesis, the first part of the book of Genesis, uh, great CGI. And, and I'm kind of a cinephile, so I'm not, I'm not just saying that, trying to plug the movie. When things have bad CGI, I click it off. Like, this is not that. They did this really well. And it's interwoven with PhD interviews to make a fully complete point on why we can lay our foundation in biblical authority. 
Uh, we love you guys. Please pray for us. We'll pray for you. Thanks. <laughs>